Okay, they say the worst day of fishing is better than the best day of work. Would you agree with that? Ooh. You're a fishing guy. I, I love fishing. Tell me so, about like what that is to you in your life. Yeah, I've had some pretty bad days fishing. Um, okay. But I have a really cool job too. So for me, that's kind of it's, it's a double-edged sword. Sure. Um, fishing to me, um, it, it's what I do. Like it's it's honestly like probably my first love. Honestly. Okay. Um, started when I was a little bitty. I, I mean, I'm talking three, four years old. You know, dad taking me to the river, the lake. We do family reunions. I just I just fished. That's just all my that that's just what I did. And uh, when I got out of football playing wise that's when i really started fishing real heavy so i like to fish tournaments i like to compete so i kind of got out of that competitive world of playing and just jumped into the competitive world of fishing so okay it kind of kept my competitive juices flowing i guess is okay to, to say it but yeah I, I love it so every chance i get when i in in this this job taking this job that was actually one of the things we were weighing you know mm. like it was going to cut into my fishing so when i was you know before i came back into uh the coaching world um the year before that because i had to log all my days and all that stuff and tax purposes and stuff but sure um i was on the water like 158 days a year. really yeah so wow um yeah it's a big part of my life absolutely yeah. well my, and you've got what do, what do we have up here on your hat today yeah Is it, it's a bass a, yeah it's it's a bass it's actually a it's a golfing hat but i saw the the, the fish, the large mouth on there. So I was like, that. I got to get that. That's yeah, that's, that's a cool hat. Yeah, so yeah. is that what you fish? Is that yeah, your strict, primary? Strictly large mouth, small mouth, just bass, okay. bass fish. Yeah. So I saw a thing that happened earlier this year or maybe or late last year where there were guys that were putting like metal pellets yeah. or whatever to weigh it down to yeah. win. Have you seen any cheating go on in any of your tournaments before? Is um, that like really a thing? Other it's a than thing. That? Yeah, it's a thing. I'm surprised wow. those guys got out of there alive, honestly. But yeah, I've, I've seen it not to that to that level in, in a tournament of that nature. But I've fished some really big tournaments, some 800, you know, team tournaments, and we've done really good. And we've been sitting in the top, you know, one or two of those before. And uh, you know, they do lie detector tests. I've had to do them, and it's really? actually. It's actually nerve-wracking. Like they hook it up to your... Yeah, they put us... They pulled us to the side and said, okay, you're going to do a lie detector test. And they stuck us in this little hut, really cold, dark. They put this little band around me. They had stuff on my fingers. They had a camera here. They had one of those sensor... You know, the sensors on your... On your... What? On your... When you're sitting down. Oh, and wow. they went through the gamut of the rules and... It was pretty crazy. What what does the cold do? Is that part of it? It's just know. it was I a just cold think day. Just, yeah, I think just had a, they needed a dark room oh, away okay. from everything. And wow. but yeah, every time they ask you a question, you could feel your heart going boop, 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 real fast. Whoa. And I felt like I was lying every question. <laughs> yeah. And I even told him that. And he's like, "Good." He's like, if, "If you know, if you're good at these, that's a problem." Right. No. So. Absolutely. Uh, so what do they cheat with? Is it metal or is well, it like they, they feed it? Those fish? guys did. They they took big egg egg sinkers like uh -huh. like one pound egg sinkers and we're shoving them and that was a walleye tournament so they're a little bit bigger fish you could kind of get away with it but um you know there's there's i've seen people put fish in a basket and mark the basket and go back and get them and oh yeah it's, it's okay a, like but the night before yeah the, or the weekend before or whatever wow. they'll put them in a basket and they'll you know they'll but those those are the guys that usually get caught mm. but. okay
All right, guys, today we are here with Coach Kale Sanders. Once again, we appreciate you guys for checking out the podcast. Uh, we are finishing up or finished with our bye week, moving into Alamogordo week, right? On the road, district opener. What can we expect going into Alamogordo? And is your team thinking brand new season, day one starts now? Um, I, I hope they're that's what they're believing because that's kind of what we've been preaching. Um, you know, so – Bye weeks are, are good and bad, right? So the um, the first week, we, we, we went pretty hard the first three days, and then we kind of backed off of them, gave them the weekend off, let them rest up, mm. um, and had an okay week. And then, um, you know, we had three days of rest, and uh, we came back Monday, and we went pretty hard on them. Like, we did a lot of situational stuff, a lot of one-on-one stuff, a lot of full speed, full tackle, full full go drills. And sure. Probably the best two days of practices we've had all year. You know, I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, yeah. people talk about, you know, like we didn't have a very good week of practice for Goddard and we came out playing really good. But for me, I like to see it. Our kids had emotion. Um, they were flying around, you know, even had a you know, couple scuffles, which, you know, oh, wow. you, you know I'm going to say it's not a horrible thing. Cause the it's kids a passion are, thing, Yeah, right? absolutely. It's, it wasn't like, you know, a, a thug fight at lunch. You know, it right, wasn't yeah. like that. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, kids getting after it, going hard. You know, and, um, you know, I think that's good. It sparked them up, and kids are excited. Energy was there. So I'm really looking forward to see what, see what we do Thursday night because yeah. it's so, been good. Yeah, do you get buyback from your players? You know, I'd imagine that halfway through the season sometimes it's like you see guys start to kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, how would I say it, like dive off a little bit more? Yeah. How do you get them, reel them back in and go, guys, this is a family thing we got to be in? Absolutely. It's funny you say that because we actually had this exact conversation today in the field really? house. And, and we do have a couple that are doing that. And that's that was the what we talked about in the coaches' staff is, you know, how do we get those kids back in and reengage? Because, you know, it's halfway through the year. They're kind of seeing the writing on the wall. They're – they may be a JV kid or they may just be a kid that's not getting a lot of time and mm-hmm. they're servicing us. They're running scout team. They're doing that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the energy, the want to is just, it's just not there. You know, they just kind of slack off during, during, uh, during, uh, film and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that was, that was our conversation. How do we get those guys back in? And, and it's one of those things where you just, you know, you stress what their job is in the program. And I always tell them work while you wait. And, um, to me, work while you wait means, you know, if you're a scout teamer, give me a thousand percent. That's your contribution. So right. on Friday night when we run a play and it breaks for 60 and, you know, Yuli takes it to the house, like that scout team defensive end was like, hey, I had a part to do with that because I gave that offense a really good look during the week and they knew what to expect. And and, and then you just got to, you know, they has got to know their place and, and yeah. work, work while you wait. Do that. And that's where we're going to find kids too. And I actually brought it up today in a meeting. Um, you know, Sonora, our offensive guard, and he'll play some defensive tackle this week too. But he was kind of off the radar, and he was on the scout team last year, and um, we couldn't block him. He was eating our lunch. Mm. And I'm like, holy cow, like, dude, who is this kid? Like, I knew who he was, but like, right. where is he coming from? Like, let's put him over here. And he actually started the last half of the season like that. Wow. So, um, you know, scout teams are where we find a lot of kids. Um, so they need to take that pretty serious and, and – and go hard and I mean, a lot of times that's the only chance we really get to evaluate those kids unfortunately yeah. it's on the other side of the ball or whatever but the energy the effort and if you're going to do that like we'll find a place for you you'll we'll find where you fit in 
And it's nice to have somebody that you can point to and say, hey, you can relate to this because Absolutely. he's literally right here in yeah. front of you. We've seen it happen. Absolutely. So that is really cool. All right. So Almogordo, what can we expect from the team um, that we're playing first in district? Now, Alamogordo, they're, um, you know, I, I, I've talked to several people, and, and the best way I can describe it is they're a lot like Clovis. They got okay. some size. Um, the quarterback's back from last year. He's a pretty big dude. He's going to run around. He flings the ball real well. He doesn't have the receiver core he had last year, but, um, you know, running back's good. He's probably their best athlete. He's a two-way guy. He plays corner, too. Um, we got we got to bottle him up. They're going to try to run power and some GT stuff at us, and they're going to try to throw it around a little bit. But um, their big thing is they want to run the ball. They're up-tempo. They're real quick. They were – you know, play every eight seconds. So, you know, we, okay. we, we actually practiced, you know, tempo um, this week and, and getting those guys ready. I think Coach Weiner's done a good job of getting them all ready. But, yeah, they're, it's going to be a tough team. Um, it's not going to be um, a cakewalk by any means. So when I say they are a lot like Clovis, um, they're, they're a game that I feel like we should walk away with a victory. Okay. Um, but in the same breath, I say if we come out and we make mistakes and – we are inconsistent, and we do all the the mistakes that we've done in the past. That you know, we're going to be in the same boat. So, okay. Um, you know, just keep the kids, you know, wound up, and, and don't 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 overlook anybody. We, there's no one left that we can overlook. A Thursday game, it's a different vibe, right? Yeah, I mean, you come weird. back, you guys go to school on Friday. It's, yeah. It's a weird feeling for some of these kids. How do you you know approach that? Um. Just like normal, and, and it's it's nice that um, we had the bye week prior, so we don't have that right. short week. Um, so we actually could still work and have our schedule and have a true blue walkthrough on Wednesday now mm-hmm. instead of Thursday. So, you know, as coaches-wise and prep-wise, it's only thing difference is it's a different day on the mm-hmm. calendar. Um, prep-wise, it's the same. But, yeah, it's going to be weird because they got school the next day. Um, yeah. It's a, you know, Alan McGordo's, what, three hours from here. So it, it's going to be a little bit of a trip, you know. So you just you just treat it normal. I mean, it's – these guys have faced adversity all year long when it comes to travel. Um, part of me likes that, you know. Yeah. I, I like the fact that we've had to overcome speed bumps throughout the year. I mean, it just it just builds character. And so we've had a lot of them. And I don't, I don't think anything can – can rattle them as far as that like nothing big sure players on your team that you might say you know you're looking to to spark everything coming into district is there anybody that maybe has come up and surprised you lately you know we we've done some some rearranging um we got some old linemen guys that we've we've kind of moved around and switched around a little bit um you know, some guys were uh, stepping up and some guys were not doing what we needed them to do. And mm-hmm. so we, we've kind of put some people in some positions to push. You know, it's always, you know, if you don't have anybody behind you pushing, you you get comfortable. And so um, yeah, we've, we've, we've done that pretty at a lot of positions. We kind of opened up that two platoon a little bit and said, okay, we're going to take some offensive guys. You're going to go play defensive line. And we're going to play some defensive linemen. You're going to go play offense. Um, and I think it's, I think it's sparked a little bit of that energy of the week. Um, and we've had a bye week and it's a good week to do that. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's just like normal. Like, it's, it's one of those things that yeah. I think the competition is going to bring out the best in our kids. So, Going into um, football season when I was in high school, there was a thing called Caveman Dads. Is that something that's still around, or did that go away years ago? Um, I, I've heard of it, but it's, okay. it's, it's, it's not something that we've done. Okay. Um, and, I, and I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't know why – where it went or 
how it went. Um, but yeah, there's there's some stuff that's around. Um, decals with dads is a really cool deal. Like I kind of want to bring back, or not bring back, but bring that in. And you said decals with decals with dads. So it's, a, it's like the first week of the of the season. You know, you bring your dad or grandpa or whoever that male figure is in your life, and if you don't have one, we'll find one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I want to I bring the kids in, and you know, it, you, you feed them dinner, and you know, maybe have someone talk, and then you know, as a you know father dad you 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 decorate your helmet with all of our decals and your numbers and so i I think that's cool i've seen several programs do that i think it's really cool i've also seen the have you seen the one where the the moms get the pads on and they have seen that i kind of that's like at a younger level right no it's high school oh it's high school so and they lay out their sons on the the field yeah absolutely that is pretty incredible yeah (laughs) okay um all right so Freshman class due for big success. Uh, what's so exciting about them? It's hard to, to say one thing. Like, first of all, the, just the sheer numbers. You know, we're pushing 60 kids. Oh, okay. Um, yep. And that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an attest to those kids and loving the game and, and falling in love early. And, uh, you know, you, you're not losing kids. And we're going to lose kids. We're, there's going to be attrition. From eighth grade to freshman, and then freshman to so you know it's it's gonna fall. That's why you need big numbers, right? That's mm-hmm. why you need sixty every year in that freshman class, and then you know by the time they're seniors, you still have thirty to forty of them. You know that's that's right. kind of the goal, right? Um, but that group, um, they they do everything right, um, and to grant me, they're freshmen. They do a lot of silly stuff, but <laughs> sure. um, they they do stuff right. They they work together. They're they're crazy aggressive group too like mm. there's I mean, it's not just full of athletes but it's got that really good mix of some really good athletes and then just a whole bunch of that I call them that 18 through 40 players and those are the guys you win football games with it's not the the top guys it's mm. that it's that second group right right and um there's a lot of them in that group and, and I, I wouldn't say there's just like one or two studs I mean there's 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 just an all well-rounded group and they play well together and coach Flores and coach Flores down there have done a really good job of teaching him uh, the caveman way and how we do stuff and of course we we have our growing pains with that but they're freshmen so yeah um, but so far they're doing really good so I'm, good. I'm proud of that group I hope they stick together I, I, t- I tell them all the time that's the group that's gonna get me a raise so keep it up <laughs> yeah. yeah they did good they had Roswell high last last week and um we they won that game 13 nothing so they've had some adversity too and so they've they've handled that well so it's a it's a really good group I'm excited for them and I'm more excited for them to get mixed in with what we have sure we were at practice the other day and um it was an afternoon practice right after school and so we the freshmen came with us so we had all the, the I call them the Smurfs because they wear blue. Okay. I call them the Smurfs, but um, they were practicing with us, and all the varsity kids were there, and there was just kids everywhere. I mean, there was I was like, golly, there there's there's kids everywhere. Yeah. But you think about it, we have seventy varsity kids, and there were six. That was like hundred thirty. Hundred thirty kids out there, and and Coach Millar walked by me and kind of nudged me, and he goes, "You know, this is your football team next year, minus ten people." And I was like, "Holy cow!" That like when he said that, it sunk in. Like, "Holy cow, we're gonna have." And that's and how you, that, that's how you build a program, yeah. and, and then that just keeps stacking on top of each other and stacking on top of each other. And that group actually this year for the first time in years, um, we've had a B team schedule. Mm-hmm. So you know, because it's sixty kids, and you know, there's eleven of them playing at one time. So we don't want to lose those kids. And uh, right. you know, I, you know, moms and daddies can be like, oh, you know, my 
well, baby didn't get to play, but mm-hmm. there's probably a reason for that. But um, that B team schedule allows everyone to get to get reps, and we can truly evaluate all those kids and and get everybody bought in. And uh, you know, it's not that way when you get to the next two levels, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's good to keep the keep the teeth in them and keep them in the program because we need them. Yeah, we need absolutely. every one of them. Um, one of the big things about young athletes in today's climate, I guess, is watching people, you know, at the next level, whether it's college, pros, whatever, they like to see what they're wearing, right? It's like, this is cool. This is the, you know, the visors and all that stuff. Yeah. What are some of the band equipment that we, that kids love, but you just can't wear anymore? Is there stuff that is out? Cause I haven't seen cowboy collars in a long time. No, I haven't seen dark no. visors. No. I, I'd imagine they're gone. So the visor deal, there's a rule. It has to be a clear visor. Okay. Um, so our kids still wear them at practice, but they, they take them off and because it they still gives them that cool feeling. Like, sure. Like they're dark. The Danny and Thompson. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> the, uh, the old vampire, you know, the old, the old cowboy collar. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you don't see very many of them around anymore, but I love those things. They but they're not you. banned. No, they're not oh. banned. You can still wear those. Okay. Yeah. You can still wear those, but yeah, that, and um, it's just according. Sometimes we get refs that are, you know, you can't wear the wristbands or mm. and then we get another group of refs that are like, yeah, we don't care. Like, sure. You know, so it, it kind of depends, but yeah, it's, they, they got kids want the sleeves and the yeah. leggings and they got the socks that are all wrinkled up that look all pretty and, we pretty have a we have a pretty solid dress code. Is you know if it's you can have a tights, but it's it's blue or white, and that's it. Nothing sure. special, you know. And we got the pink game coming up, and and I think we 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 spoke to that. But um, for the pink game is you know you get that one wristband and it's yeah. pink, and you put it wherever you want, and that's that's how it goes. So um, you know I, I'm just not a big fan of you know someone you know, taking themselves and, and making it about themselves or what they look like, you know, it's, it's a team sport. And yeah. I want everyone to look the same. You know, if it was up to me, it would be old school Penn State, just blue with white numbers. Mm. Nothing, no, nothing on the helmet, but you know, there's <laughs> yeah. got to be a little bit of sparkles and, 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 and razz. And so. Do they get to have that in their cleats or is it kind of? The, the cleats are, there's a rule on cleats too. It's white, uh, black, or blue. Okay. And uh, we've even had some. Some kids come and they got like little pink tips on the the end of the. I'm like, no, you know, like white, black, or blue. Everyone's right. the same. You're not special. So it just. I like that. Yeah, it's it's. It, I think it it doesn't it doesn't get that. Look at me. It gets that out of your program. Mm-hmm. You know, we over me, right? Right. So. Exactly. Miami, Denver. I don't know if you saw the final Ooh. score there. It was an absolute massacre on a football field. It Seventy was. to twenty was the final score. Um, we talked about respecting our opponents, yeah. right? You don't, you know, you can put your foot on their throat, but it's in a in a way that's more predictable as a player. We're yeah. not messing around and, and, and doing trick plays and stuff like that. At the pro level, I know where you're do, going you with this. Go, <laughs> do you go ahead and say, I'm breaking the record? 72 is the record. I just need a field goal. I'm breaking the record for most – I think it's most points in a game yeah. by a pro yeah, team. It was, they didn't do it. We, we talked about this too. Um, and I think if it's – at that level, you know, you have so many incentives and, and like True. personal stuff. Like if it's a personal record, say like that wide receiver needed one more catch for – or one more touchdown pass for, you know, whatever, the NFL record, I think you go ahead and get it if it's a personal record. Okay. Team record, I don't think so. And I think he did a good job. I, I, he didn't get it, right? He didn't he get did, it. I don't, no. I don't know if he had the chance to do it or not. but I think he had a field goal. He, he, had he ran out the did. clock. Yeah, yeah. so I, I respect that. Um, and I, and I, I watched part of it. I, I watched the red zone, you know, on the 
because I was at the field house and I just put the little red zone deal and it just pops around to oh, yeah. different games and uh, and it would just pop up. So it didn't look like they were doing, you know, trick plays or, you know, kicking onsides or anything like that. They were just beating winning. them. Yeah, they were just winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they were just winning. It, it kind of – Sean Payton didn't, didn't appreciate it too much. No, I'm he sure was, he didn't. Yeah. But that was kind of one of the things that I wanted to kind of point to too is if it is about, you know, accolades and stuff like that, you get to be in – history forever yeah. if you hit that mark and he just didn't go that far yeah. so i wanted your take on that um we talk about colorado being one of the biggest stories in college nfl what's your favorite story right now um in the league do you mm. have one let me think on that i mean miami's kind of one of them they're kind of they, you know they're they're coming out and that you know uh what's his name coach is it coach michaels or um, it is not Daniels. Mick uh, something. Yeah. He, he looks like he's 12. Yeah. And he's and so he, he was with Shanahan and those guys. And he just – he felt like he was never going to get – so he had to get out from underneath that umbrella. And he got out. And I guess he got his chance. And, um, man, he's doing really cool things. And I saw a really cool interview the other day. Um, it was talking to some of his players. And um, he says that the reason why they're so innovative and they're exploding and doing so much offensive – good things is they're coaching everything backwards okay. so if if normally in a, in a in a football world there's kind of rules like if you know you run gt and it's you're going to down this side you're going to pull these two guys and you give the ball from here to there like he's teaching everything backwards mm. and it's breaking all the rules is basically what it's doing and everyone's like this is crazy this is not going to work and then they start doing it and he starts getting success and the, the people are by so he's he's and you know the defenses are taught this is what happens when the offense does this. And he's going completely opposite of it. Mm. I think that's why he's having a lot of success. That and Tariq Hill's pretty good. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's, pretty he's, he's yeah. kind of fast. Yeah, a he's bit. pretty good. So. Yeah, and uh, so you, so he's kind of attributing it to a genius. Yeah, I think I think it's a great offensive mind. I think he's he's approaching stuff different. And, and football's, you know, cyclable or cyclable or whatever you want to say. But, you know, you see the old school double wing, wishbone, run the ball, and then mm. someone comes out, you know, Walsh with the 49ers throwing the ball around the, the West Coast offense. And then everything shifted to the West Coast offense. So now we're in this whole stage of, like, throwing the ball, airing it out and spreading the field. And now if somebody comes in and starts pounding the ball, you look at San Francisco, they're really good at running the ball outside right. zone, inside zone. And then you'll probably see a, a, a shift back into – Running the ball, it just mm -hmm. goes back and forth, and what's ever hot that you know year or two, they it's a copycat league, right? So if there's success somewhere, then people start to follow. And I really like what he's doing. It's I haven't really looked at a lot of stuff. I saw that one that they scored on the end zone, and it was the, you know the fake 360 and ran the counter bit gap back the other way. It's just like mm -hmm. it's really cool stuff. Yeah. So um, one of the most successful coaches in the NFL right now is um, Andy Reid, right? Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he used to coach for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He's had his success. One of the things that I had seen was that he takes plays everywhere. He even attributed a, a touchdown play to a custodian that was on staff at <laughs> one of his you know, yeah. facilities at one point, which is really cool. Do you take plays and ideas from different teams from around the state? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I watch film and I see stuff and – and I'm like, hey, that's really good. So there's a there's a there's a fine line there though because when I when I see something, I'm like, that's really cool, but it doesn't fit what we do or it doesn't fit our scheme. Right. But then you see stuff like, hey, that guy runs inside zone, and then they do this naked boot off of it, and this is the concept. So I'm like, 
that fits what we do and mm-hmm. I'll try to incorporate it. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and so Andy Reed's really cool. I don't know if you've heard that their little think tank that they have or whatever, where they, all the players, they can, they can make up plays and they work on them all week long. And there's a period like on Thursday where they get to show him the play and mm. he has 51% vote on, okay. on if they get to put it in or not. <laughs> sure. And so that, I think a lot of that, you know, ring around the rosy stuff that they do. I think that comes from the players. Wow. And he just says, okay, yeah. That's like pretty it. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to let my guys do that or not. <laughs> right, right. That might be a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, a little much. They're going to have a lot. They, they don't have much time on their hands to do nah, stuff like that. They'll, right? they'll figure something crazy out. I'll probably like it, though. That's the problem. <laughs> that sounds like SNL. I don't know if yeah. you've heard how they do their process, but they mm-hmm. throw sketches out and they practice, and they're like, that's not going to hit. That's not uh, going to yeah, hit. Just, and that's kind of what it's like, but in football form, that's yeah, pretty it's, sweet. It's, it's pretty cool. And he's been successful. I mean, yeah, Mahomes. And yeah, those guys help. But yeah, he's he's been he's he's won anywhere, everywhere he goes. The biggest story in in uh, in NFL right now, Taylor Swift. Oh. Taylor Swift. Do you think uh, that you've seen? I mean, obviously you see it in the NFL or whatever. Um, at the high school level, do you see your your boys getting distracted at times for you know stuff that's off the field? And how do you redirect them? If if you've seen it, absolutely, they get distracted. Yeah, yeah I can they're, imagine. They're, they're, that was a hard yes. Shiny, and they go over there. You know, like, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. or you know, you see it a lot. And we we were dealing with young adults, and they're they they don't know how to handle a lot of stuff. And our kids deal with some stuff that some stuff that you know grown adults haven't ever had to deal with. When mm-hmm. we have kids that are paying rent, and yeah. you know, and they have some life lessons. So yeah, we get kids that that go in the you know off the deep end sometimes, and it's just unfortunately it's the nature of the beast and and the the population we live in and and i feel bad for those kids yeah so they get distracted so i I just try to tell them like when you're at football man check your baggage at the door come give me an hour two hours of the best that you got and then you know as a family the team the coaches um all the parents everyone that loves on these kids and feeds them and do all that stuff like we're here for you no matter what, you know, yeah. and, and I could go on and on and on about countless stories of how, you know, our football community helps each other. But, um, yeah, some of our kids have some pretty, pretty tough stuff they deal with. I'm just oh, like, yeah. I can't believe he's 15 years old dealing with what he's dealing with and mm. still doing what he does and still has a great attitude or, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, it's some people forget that. Right. So, yeah. you know, football's, it's 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 cool, but you know the sometimes it's bigger than football. Yeah, some of these kids are super inspiring. Absolutely, as, even as adults. Absolutely, so. I could tell you stories. And you'd be like, I would never have guessed it. Yeah, yeah it's it's some of these kids go go through the ringer and back, and they are great kids. All right, coach. Thank you absolutely. so much. Appreciate it, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode of of the podcast. And we are sponsored today by Tate Branch. And thanks for listening.